Support for this episode comes from Lalamand Brewing. Lalamand Brewing is a division of Lalamand Inc., a global producer of yeast and bacteria that aims to help breweries achieve their growth and quality goals by offering products, services and education. Lalamand Brewing's premium brewing yeast and bacteria deliver unmatched consistency, reliability and purity, allowing brewers to take full control of the brewing process. At the forefront of innovation and always looking to expand on the motto, We Brew With You, Lalamand Brewing recently launched Lalbrew Verdant IPA in collaboration with Verdant Brewing. Lalbrew Verdant IPA is a unique strain of brewing yeast suitable for a broad range of beer styles, notably modern IPAs. To find out more about Lalamand Brewing and follow their news and product launches, connect with them on social media or visit www.lalamandbrewing.com. Life has a funny way of working out. On the 1st of January 2007, Bulgaria and Romania became member states of the European Union in the fifth wave of EU enlargement. It meant people such as Marius Andrich, a Romanian hailing from the country's Banat region, could realise his dreams of seeing and working somewhere new. For the young Romanian, the only destination on his mind was London, England. And 13 years on, Andrich is now busy looking after thirsty drinkers in his own bottle shop. Based in Acton, West London, a pint of hops opened its doors in April of 2019. Offering beers from across the globe to drinkers that themselves hail from across the world. It shows that how once again, beer, like the wider culture around it, can overcome geographical boundaries. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. There's a saying that goes something along the lines of, your beer's journey only really truly starts when it leaves the brewery. At that point, who consumes it and where, along with the condition the beer is served in, is often out of your control. Is the beer sunk like a cold macro lager on a sunny day, or is it observed and analysed with every subtle nuance and detail? You could have produced the finest beer of your career, but if that beer isn't looked after and showcased in a way befitting of your art, then what's the point? It's why bottle shops are such an important part of the fabric of the brewing industry. In a Venn diagram, they're sitting in the middle, fulfilling an invaluable role connecting the breweries with the consumers that enjoy the fruits of their labour. In this episode, we speak to the founder of one such bottle shop, Marius Andrich. We learn about a pint of hops first 18 months trading, catering for the community during lockdown, and the challenges of running your own business. Speaking at our Brewers Lectures event earlier this year, Paul Jones, the founder of Manchester-based brewery Cloudwater, enthused about his desire for beers to talk over, not about. As an outfit that can definitely produce beers that fall at either end of the spectrum, it's forever fascinating to witness this particular appreciation of beers in action. And there's rarely a better place to do that than at your local bottle shop. A pint of hops, like any great business, has already become a pillar of the community. Sure, you can enjoy a wealth of double dry hopped IPAs, forage sours, or bourbon barrel aged stouts, complete with a list of adjuncts as long as your arm. But its role transcends beer styles, instead proving itself as a destination. Like our beloved pubs, 
it has become somewhere to meet, to chat and to enjoy a drink, in as much or as little detail as you like. The Banat is a geographical and historical region that straddles Central and Eastern Europe. It takes in Serbia and Western Romania. The name Banat has its origin in a Persian word meaning lord or master. I was introduced into Europe by the Avars. It came to mean a frontier province or a district under military governorship. In Romania, it was the Banat region where Marius Andrić grew up. So education was a big thing, like make sure, you know, you study at school, you learn hard, you know, and that's how you're going to make it and you go to university, go to the bigger cities and yeah, you do your four or five years of uh, studies there for university and then you'll, you'll get a good job. Uh, it was it was a lot of, a lot of pressure, um, especially if uh, some of your relatives, they were a bit more better than you and then there was that pressure from parents like, oh, they can do it, you should do it. And so there was, there was always that kind of pressure, like do good at school. That's that's the, the way things had to go. And yeah, there was there was a lot of kind of pressure. And then uh, even within the, the same class that you always had like, some of your colleagues that kind of study a bit more, and then I, I don't know where to put myself. But I, I did, I did enjoy some of the stuff. But I, I knew that is like this is not what I want to do. It was just like you just falling into that place, and it's like okay, I need to spend the next four years study this. But then I knew I, I just wanted to do something else. Growing up, his experiences of Western culture, like many around him, came through the power of television. There's been, I'll say probably from like the early 90s, quite a lot of people were traveling abroad. Uh, Romania kind of just um, broken away from like the communist bloc. Uh, communism fell in Eastern Europe and there was that, wow, the West, you know, everyone wanted to to go to to see. Uh, there was always kind of um, import of things from there. Like one of the, my kind of memories that I have even now was the VHS tapes with all these like, action movies and everyone was just like, wow, you know, like in the West, how things are. And then, you know, your flashy cars, you know, the beautiful women's and all that. I was like, wow, it's like the West. So that really kind of kept, but at the same time was also the, of making a better living, you know, for yourself. And then you can support your family if parents or your younger brothers and sister will be behind you, be able to kind of like send them some money or send them these wild toys that you always see on these commercials and then just having like the cable TV kind of started in Romania whereas before you only had one channel one channel one radio station whereas now it's like you your eyes just open it was almost like the internet I'll say where you're like wow you had access to all these things so that really kind of made you think like there's a big world out there like not just your hometown but in April 2005 Bulgaria Romania and the EU25 signed a treaty of accession in Luxembourg this made those two countries member states of the European Union. In doing so, it opened up a new chapter for people like Andrich. Moving over here in October of 2007, it rained for three weeks straight. What have I done, he asked himself. Thankfully for drinkers in West London, he persevered. It was a big change. Uh, English wasn't a big problem. I mean, it, it was, I know more now than before, uh, but it was good to know the language because uh, I did have uh, colleagues within the works that I've done and uh, they didn't know any English. So that was really hard. So knowing English, that really helped a lot. You, you can pick up things really quick. It, it was it was hard, you know, like um, as a Romanian coming here, there was some few restrictions. You were allowed to be here, but you had to kind of get certain, you only had certain rights uh, the way to work. So had to be self-employed, which is not a bad thing. But uh, construction seemed to be like the easiest one to kind of get into. And 
kind of just build it up there for a bit uh, but otherwise just explore that was the the thing you kind of work your monday to friday the weekend was just to explore yeah must say i did done a bit of a central london because that's what everyone does but then you just kind of start exploring a bit more and then try to visit other places but it, it was it was challenging i'll say not not hard but challenging well romania and bulgaria joined the eu on the 1st of january 2007 their EU accession treaty permitted other member states to impose transitional restrictions on the free movement rights of Bulgarian and Romanian workers for up to seven years after accession in order to guard against disruption of their labour markets. However, all member states had to lift these restrictions on Bulgarian and Romanian workers by the end of 2013. In doing so, it enabled people like Andrich to pursue other careers in the new country they called home. Andrich's first stop in the UK was Neasden, a suburban area in northwest London. He carried out a raft of labouring jobs, often operating plant machinery. By 2010, he had moved to Shepherd's Bush, and the removal of transitional restrictions allowed him to leave the construction trade before moving into the fitness industry. In the same year, he wed his wife Enya, and through the increasing prevalence of craft beer in the capital, he became more captivated with the flavours and the aromas that these mysterious beverages offered. There's been quite a few of them that kind of like really opened my mind. Uh, one of them was uh, my brother-in-law. I was like, oh, try this, try this ale. And I was like, oh, this, this is different. This is like kind of almost soft, fruity. Um, and then like, oh, I like this. Let's try some other stuff. And then you get something a bit more bitter. And I was just like, oh, wow. Also have travel for just like a weekend away down in Dorset and try some of the local ales there because that's a nice way of kind of learning about the people, the culture. So we were just trying local ales there. And I was like, these are very nice. They're different than just having your standard lager. And yeah, we really enjoyed that. It was really, really nice. And then, you know, constantly kind of trying new things and then just going to the supermarket and you had your kind of lager section, but then you can see like some ales, some international ales. And you're just like, oh, let me try this because... You knew all of them, they're alcoholics. So I was like, well, you know, like they'll have the same effect in a way, but I just enjoy it differently. And I must say my first craft beer place was Brewdog when it opened locally to where I was living. And that was like seven years ago. And I was like, oh, this, this place is nice. It's, it's good. Quite a lot of different beers. And uh, I must say that was when I kind of started trying some of those Imperial styles. And I was like, wow, this, this, is, this is amazing. It doesn't kind of taste like a beer but it's not beer and, and it, I, I, was, I wasn't sure what it was but it, it was nice now I know I'm like wow that's, that stuff was good back then I wish I kind of drink more. <laughs> so as the years passed Andrich became more and more convinced that he could make his own mark in the UK beer world. It did cross my mind kind of like in around 2013 that's when I kind of changed industries uh, so I went from construction to the fitness industry and I was thinking okay I'm just going to do the fitness industries for a bit but at the same time, kind of really keep open uh, with the beers, travel a little bit, uh, went to like Belgium and uh, the Netherlands. So that was kind of like really a big eye opener. Some of their beers were just like amazing. And I was just kind of slowly, slowly from around 2016, uh, still living in West London. I was like, yeah, this has to work. Like kind of getting into a beer a bit more, have a little bar or a beer shop, especially because there was not nothing in West London, like kind of. Shepherd's Bush area, Notting Hill, where I was kind of living and hanging out, uh, besides some of the big bars. So I was like, something small, niche, where you can just have like your own little community to build up. 
So just from then, like kind of 2016, I'll say that's when I kind of build up and build up and taking notes and start making a smaller business plans and ideas and and copy paste certain things and following uh, other places, either in UK or abroad, just trying to see how they're doing it. Visit certain places in, in London to see how they're doing it, what beers they have. Uh, constantly going back to the the big supermarkets to try to see oh, what, what they have, uh, what other craft beers. And then you start getting into all these apps uh, that kind of, you know, you rec- record your beers and keep track. And so that just kind of like opened the doors even more and, and like constantly just, there was a hunger for kind of like that knowledge to, to kind of, yeah, know more about the beers. A beer academy course at the Institute of Brewing and Distilling followed, as did a part-time role working at Microbeers, the East Sheen bottle shop founded by Sean Looney. In that time, Andrew successfully applied for a startup loan and registered his own company. After an all too familiar stint searching for a suitable venue, he settled on a spot in Acton, West London. An offer was made in October 2018, and by the following February, he had the keys. Then came the hard work. It was it was challenging because, you know, funds were tight. Luckily, working in construction did kind of help me a bit because I certain things you can do in yourself, uh, didn't have to get someone in to do some of the works but uh, yeah everything was just uh, constantly money pay for this pay for that uh, a lot of things are very important because there's certain rules and regulations you have to follow so you, you have to to get it right otherwise you might not start at all yeah but no it was just pretty much for that that period maybe two or three months just before opening getting the keys and just like pretty much every night going to sleep was just like visualizing okay this is how it's gonna be it's gonna be tables there fridge there the tap uh, yeah, get your deliveries in, unpack the boxes, have your evenings with when people are here, you drink beer, talk about beer, do some samples. So there's constantly having that in your mind really, really helped. But it, it was it was challenging every day, finishing late in order to, to get the, the things done because it was, it was a bit of a kind of pressure like opening up because paying rent for a place that's locked, it's not, it's, it's not easy. Just as Andrich's own journey in beer has developed in recent years, from day one, his goal for a pint of hops was to create a destination where people could gather in the presence of excellent beer and equally great company. Very important. Drinking in, it's it's really, really good. Uh, I know there is some places out there that they don't have the licence, maybe because they don't want to, or the, the local authorities uh, don't want that, but it's very, very important. People like that. Uh, quite a lot of customers, they were saying to me, like, this feels like I'm almost in a brewery. Like, the, there is just that kind of step between uh, the brewery and the shop. So it, it, it is very, very important. Uh, hopefully with the current situations now, more places will be allowed to kind of have that option as well. Of course, keep it within the safe uh, distance and limits, but very, very important. It it made a huge difference. Different events that we done at the shop with some Belgian beers or maybe a bit of Oktoberfest or uh, kind of a Christmas team and Fourth of July American beers. So all, all, all these kind of events really, really help. Having some few brewers in and talk about their beers and just sampling on the spot was, a, was really, really important. It's it's I guess it's kind of like, you know, if you go to a bakery, we would like to kind of try the bread there, but at the same time, you're happy to take it away. But it just makes that extra difference, you know, being able to, to sample the beers there and then talk a bit about it. While the bottle shop owner completed his own course in beer education some years ago, he now relishes playing his own role in educating the consumer. It, it, is, it is very, very important. You definitely kind of have to 
learn about your customers and that's what i kind of done for the i'll say probably first six months try to see the trends how you're going to keep your beers in the shop and then you you start to know your regulars they just want a particular type of beer so just making it easy for customers to just go in and um, just uh, make sure that it's easy to access their beers and what, what i kind of learned that it's, it's kind of good to just have them separated uh, for them kind of like have them easy to access rather than just like searching the fridges and maybe they'll buy some other stuff just because they're but i i found that like easy in and out a lot of customers prefer that uh, but you do have the customers they like to have half a pint talk a bit about it start you know making a little smaller of a pile of beers and take so it, it is it is very important to, to have this option and through his first 18 months running a pint of hops he's vindicated in seeing customers palettes change and evolve along the way Yes, yeah, quite quite a lot of customers. You know, it's it's very easy to go for your three thirty mil bottle because the price tag is much smaller. But it, they they took that jump. Was like, oh, let me try this other beer. Or there was um, they had the opportunity to try a specific beer in keg that was available in a larger format, either can or a bigger bottle. Which the cost was a little bit higher. But then they realized like, wow, this. This product is good. This is this is good, and uh, it's very nice to kind of see uh, the customer from just like small little tasting notes to kind of like they know what hops is in there, uh, they know the brewery, uh, they remember a certain beer being done last year. So they certain breweries they kind of bring every year a particular beer. So they it's it's nice to kind of see that their vocabulary increase just by trying beers. Um, so it's good. Like it's it's some of them they start getting themselves self educated, but a lot of times just talking here at the shop just over a, a pint of beer. Um, it's nice to kind of see that uh, development. While the Hop Forward beers rule the day, Andridge proudly offers consumers around 200 different beers, a figure that actually rose to 300 during the lockdown period. The most kind of consumed styles are the pale and IPAs. There's a whole big double fridge dedicated for that. And you have them from, you know, from like other top, your kind of, uh, your kind of supermarket kind of uh, beers that you know you can kind of keep them at a, at a good price as well that doesn't kind of scare anyone away but then you do have all your kind of new england west coast uh, pale ales and ipas that a lot of uh, customers kind of fall in love with them and they always want to kind of go back to them and you just have to kind of keep an eye on some of the the beers and just listen to consumers as well but sometimes you do want to take a risk with some beers try to get them in see how it is works doesn't work then you know you, you kind of take a conclusion from there uh, but there is quite a lot of breweries and i'll name some few of them like you have verdant Dea, pressure drop northern monk cloudwater that customers keep coming back anything new from them anything new from them it's it's kind of like they it, it almost feels like they uh, they're like a, a series of you know like a, a movie where people are like oh i missed last week's song do you have it can, can i can i have from you the, oh, did you download the, the latest movie it, it feels a bit like that one because oh i missed on that one it's, oh i wish i can get that and so it feels a bit like that and which is nice it's good because you do want to to, to get excitement from customers as well um, just besides of just coming in and get your four pack of just something standard that you just want to have a drink at the end of the day. However, a pint of hops is also a keen advocate of excellent German style lagers. Yeah, so uh, what well, is quite nice to see uh, a lot of customers build up themselves a taste for some of the German lagers and German style lagers, your, your Helles and Pilsners, your Kolsch, 
Uh, also, some of the vice beers, quite a lot of customers are really happy. And, and it's nice to see a lot of UK breweries um, kind of following on those steps and just fine-tune those styles. And they're just amazing. So it's really, really good. Uh, uh, this was a thing that we're talking with some of the customers early in the year. Like 2020 will be a year of the lager where quite a lot of breweries have pulled out really fantastic lagers there. Because for many years, lagers just seem like your go-to drink in a pub uh, whereas now it's like it's it's actually a fine fine beer it takes longer to make a lager just because of the process of lagering but it, it's great to see so we do have a dedicated uh, i'll say pretty much half a fridge of just lagers fantastic lagers uh, coming to oktoberfest now so getting some of those fine uh Mertz and beers yeah no just constantly get those beers in and it's nice to see that some customers did travel to germany and they try certain beers and coming back i was like wow this, i remember this beer is good and so yeah no it's really really good to to kind of yeah keep it open with the styles and in getting to know his customers whether they pop in once a day or once a month he's gratified by the appreciation of the business especially during a challenging 2020 they do probably just at the level of your um, craft beer consumer uh, the bigger audience let's say out there they just see you as another shop where they can just buy their beer but uh, otherwise the the craft beer community are, are really really happy uh, with the bottle shops uh, and you can kind of see it all the time uh, a lot of tweets a lot of praises on, online on the social medias uh, the reviews um, it, it's nice when Certain customers just take pictures of their beers, they tag the shop, they talk about it. Oh, my local, yo, I'm really happy to be close to this. Oh, I'm so lucky to have this shop close to me or this brewery. So it, it is, but it's, you, you have to kind of become a little bit more of a regular uh, consumer um, or like a customer at a specific venue in when to become like that. So there is, there still is that kind of fine line, I'll say, um, where like, yeah, your average customer will just like, oh, this is where I just buy beer from. Whereas the person that kind of every week wants to see what's your latest Imperial style, what's the latest Lambic you have in, and, and what's your double IPA. So it, those are the consumers that really talk out to the crowds, uh, which is good. That, that's what is nice. Otherwise, we did have some customers where they've just been blown away by a beer and then they start just getting some other friends in. So that, that was quite nice as well. But it's, it's definitely a kind of a learning stage for everyone and it just builds up and builds up. But I'll say, let's say compared to five years ago, we have came long, long from where we were before. And it was in that period of lockdown he observed a number of changes in consumer behaviour. It has, it has, it has, has been, um, especially that you would get some customers come even twice a week and like making big orders. All of a sudden they kind of not coming in or coming in less. But there's, there's been many, many factors that kind of affected that from like people going on furlough, losing their job completely, uh, moving from the area, taking a break as well. There's been quite a lot of customers that kind of like, oh, I didn't stop for the last three, four months. So so there's been quite a, quite a lot of factors. Uh, yeah, I guess even the breweries, everyone had to kind of survive. So everyone kind of took different approaches. So it was very, very, very hard um, in, in some, some cases. And at the same time, you couldn't judge anyone too much because, you know, everyone had a hard time and... I know it's not the nicest thing, but just undercutting sometimes it did, you did felt a bit kind of pressured, like, oh, is this going to continue? How am going to survive? And it, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a bit like a, a river, it just kind of constantly flows, but it might go different ways. For people like Andrich, knowing the direction that river may flow going forward could be very useful indeed. 
Yes, yeah, and uh, one of them is the that great era is the, the latest announcement from the the government. Of course, I'm kind of half half on some of the things, but uh, you know they're, they're doing what they think is best. Uh, I mean, they're they're in power. Uh, some of us elected them uh, uh, to be there. Yeah, no, it's it's really really hard, and it, it, it all depends to us as well, like how how we kind of do things. It can it can go both ways. We can kind of go back like uh, in July when kind of things were a bit low. You know, numbers are going down. Things are good. But in the last couple of weeks now, numbers are going back up again, and it will just depend to us. Um, but it's always factors. If we don't go out, then a lot of business will suffer. If we kind of go back to the online, some business will profit, some won't. Uh, and then at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's the jobs that kind of get affected. That's what everyone is uh, worried about. And for Andrich, his only focus is to continue serving the community and to navigate what has proven to be a challenging and unexpected first 18 months. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, at the moment, you know, definitely stay open, you know, try to avoid catching the virus. Um, that's very hard to do because you don't know where it can come from. Uh, but just follow follow the, the uh, latest guidelines from the from the government. Uh, use the, the latest uh, NHS app or the test and trace. Uh, you know, be very, you know, open with the customers, you know, just tell them, uh, especially because there they will always be someone a bit stubborn about things. And they say, oh, look, this affects everyone, you know, affects us as a business. So, you know, please follow the rules. We'll make it easier. We don't need to debate anything. Otherwise, we can just go on uh, for hours and hours about things. And yeah, just we just have to kind of, you know, come in, be open, keep going, uh, adapt to any of the changes, the good thing about a bottle shop, and we are lucky to have both options for on and off trade, um, so we can easily adapt, um, transition back to off trade if, if we need to, if touch wood, we'll get a second lockdown, but we're positive that won't happen. We just have to constantly adapt, and uh, we managed to, to do it quite quite well. We did have to close for a few days uh, during the kind of quieter periods, which is August for us here. Uh, in order to kind of do some few changes around the shop, but at the same time still kind of support the community for uh, the beers. Very hard to say uh, in, a, in a year's time, but uh, we're keeping positive. Hopefully we'll be able to just be back out again. Things will be back to normal. We'll just kind of forget about 2020. And while we'll all happily forget 2020, one thing stays constant. And for Andrich and a pint of hops, that is getting good beer to his customers. Yes, yeah. I mean, we're really uh, lucky with the breweries. They, uh, it's nice that they managed to kind of pull out a lot of beers, even though we know some of the breweries they work at a, with a very minimum uh, team, but they managed to have quite a good output. Now people going back into the breweries, uh, getting uh, the stuff in, um, doing more shifts in the breweries, so pulling out more beer. So that, that's a good sign to, to, to see that. And we're happy that we can support a lot of the breweries by getting their beers in, selling out to the customers, paying them back, paying ourselves, paying the taxes. It's, 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 it's nice to kind of see that we'll be able to support one part of the, the economy uh, by just keeping ourselves going. The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Rebe Media, produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan, and Rian Owen. Sound engineering is by Ross McPherson. Series supervision is by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And a special thank you to Maris Andrich and a pint of hops in Acton, West London.